Welcome to PM Therapy. Each episode, we have a project manager on the show to talk about the biggest problems they're having on their project. We then talk through it, try to understand the cause of the problem, and brainstorm a practical solution. The intent being to share our experiences and collectively get better at being project managers. Enjoy the show. Okay, we are recording now. So I want to first thank you for for doing this podcast. Uh, you're, you're the very first guest, and I'll, and I'll give you a second to uh, or a couple of seconds to, to introduce yourself. All right, awesome. I guess I have uh, I have the honor of being the first, but also makes it easy because I can be the worst. <laughs> Uh, all right. So my name is Jose Fasil. Um I'm actually a product manager and I work in health tech and I've been primarily focused on machine learning products for healthcare. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and so now, uh, you know, again, you're the first you're the first uh, guest mm. here. And for the folks listening, we want to keep the, the premise fairly simple. Right. It's just about talking about your your the biggest project challenge that you have you you mentioned earlier that you're you're a product manager mm -hmm. very much an overlap with project managers um, in terms of you know you're you're kind of responsible for the scope uh, driving the team lots of lots of overlaps so so lay it on me what what uh, what's your biggest challenge right now how can I help all right. So um, I think, you know, it, it depends on different organizations and how they, they divide up responsibilities. So in uh, not all tech companies do this, but a few tech companies will have product management and project management separated out. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's reporting and each kind of org ends up reporting slightly differently. They're, they're highly coupled together, of course. Right. But, you know, there's slightly different reporting. The PJM or project management is essentially how, how, how we refer to it um, at our org and other orgs may do it differently. But they'll have their own reporting metrics and their own avenues and the product managers would have their own. Um, so... Um, while we're doing this and we're, you know, um, working on our, our products, um, the, the one thing that I'm working on is, is like adding machine learning, which is essentially creating recommendations mm -hmm. for all our existing different features and products that we have. So it's a suite of products and you build this backend platform and it's very technical and it's slightly unknown. And, you know, it's not like a feature request with very specific parameters. You kind of have to go and explore and, you work with a lot of their teams. So um, obviously we use a kind of the agile methodology. Right. And this is a question as old as time, I guess, right? Um, is um, when I'm using agile, I'm trying to break up my projects, uh, you know, into some epics, and then I'm trying to take on some portions of those, but they get defined almost as they're working on. You do have initial sizing and you, that's how you create your roadmaps, but you define them more so as you take them on. Right. Um, but oftentimes when you want to report progress, you create these Gantt charts, especially on the project management sides, right? You're expected to create these Gantt charts and, uh, there's some estimations that be like, yes, this is where we're building and then this will happen. And, you know, these are all our constraints. Um, and I think the, the hard 
the thing that that I find is how do you reconcile agile where things are constantly moving and things have not been pre-planned and pre-defined mm. with the idea that you have to now put all of this into a Gantt chart that is somehow gives predictability uh, on an inherently unknown process. And so um, I often feel bad for, for whoever is responsible for converting this because you can go ahead and create this chart, but what are the different uh, stories that go in each project they have not all been defined right because right. you're agile and so you'll you'll like create stories maybe at most a sprint in advance if sometimes if they're very clear you can go like really fast but if it's new things that are not repeatable then you can't really go ahead and, and create them um so yeah have you experienced something like this what are your thoughts so so i have um and and you're right this is uh, this is a a, a common uh, especially as more and more companies are adopting agile, there's a bit of a, a growing pains in, in terms of moving from that, that tr the traditional waterfall approach where, mm -hmm. where things are predictable uh, in a sense or, or more clearly defined um, uh, as opposed to agile where things are, are, are kind of moving and you're making decisions uh, uh, sprint over sprint. Um, let, me, let me ask you a question though. So, so in your current... In your current environment, um, are mm -hmm. you how 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 are projects being kicked off initially? Right. So, um, do you necessarily go through a phase where you're doing? And there's lots of different words for this, but one word that I hear commonly used is a discovery, where you're mm -hmm. where you're essentially spending a, a a predefined period of time shaping what the product will look like or how how do these these new feature sets come about uh, or, or initially conceived of? Yeah, so that's that's actually a really good question. Um, and I think uh, sometimes it is uh, like you you do go through discovery and you go through some ex extensive discovery. Um, but other times, um, you know, you kind of get to the basic understanding of of whether it is possible and what are some avenues that you can do this without going into the minutia and the devil is always in the details right mm. um, and that's where all the challenges come up so if you define the if you go through discovery and you really define the path a lot then where does that boundary like shift between waterfall and agile right um, and so um, i i think i can admit to saying that it's probably not as comprehensive as it can be. Right. Um, there's this pressure of constantly going to the next thing. And while, you know, the team, the engineering team is working on some of the new stuff, I'm going ahead and trying to figure out um, what else I have and, you know, what are other teams that I need to work with and do they have the time and the space for it and what are some challenges that are coming up. And so it is, it is definitely a lot more in flux um, right. than that kickoff. Yeah. Right. So, but I get. I guess where where is the specific pain that you're 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 feeling? Like, are you are you being held accountable to to certain assumptions by leadership around dates and times, and it's it's hard for you to answer them, or or is it something else? I think it's a it's a bit of, it's it's a bit of both. So from from me, it's uh, uh, it is like uh, uh, the understanding that. 
we're going to take on certain projects where we don't know it. We haven't fully defined them. So we don't know how long they're going to yeah. take. Now, um, if you want, how do you report on truly agile product projects um, as opposed to what I believe is the current path where um, they're being expected to be broken down into a waterfall kind of yeah. visualization and communicated in a waterfall manner, which ends up creating more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, what's the date for this? What's the date for that? Well, that depends on this other thing, um, you know, well, that we're working on. And so um, how would you be able to truly communicate an agile project um, properly knowing the inherent kind of like unknownness, the vagueness that comes with it? Um, and are there different like different ways of communicating an agile project versus a waterfall project? Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess in your situation, the way that I would approach it is is to say is to is to think in terms of 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 releases, right? Mm -hmm. Or or M or your MVP concept, right? To mm -hmm. say, you know what, we're we're starting. Let's let's as an example, we're starting today. Okay, today's our kickoff. Yeah. Today's our first day. Yeah. Um, by X date, we expect to have an MVP out the door, right? Mm -hmm. As of today, we think this MVP is going to have X Y Z features. That those That's are right. our current assumptions as of right now, based on the information that we have, you know, in our hands, mm -hmm. right? And we are going to work towards towards that MVP, okay? Um, and then and then really, it's just a matter of of as you are going through your sprints, what are you learning, right, along the way, and and course correcting either course correcting or or escalating any changes or new learnings to your stakeholders right uh uh as you go along right so so it, it's it's really setting setting those expectations up front like hey mm -hmm. this is what we know as of now this is what we think the product will look like six weeks or ten weeks from now whatever the right duration mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. um but hey, it's going to change. We're going to learn things along the way, and that is a healthy part of the process. That's right. right. Um, and, and so your reporting, your reporting is less about, you know, are are we hitting the mark based on on a predetermined set of of, of scope items as it is. How are we trending towards that MVP, and and how are things changing along the way? Mm -hmm. You know, does does that make sense? Like, it it it's it, at the end of the day, it comes down to that expectation setting. Like, uh, yeah, no, I I think I think I agree, and I I think you you bring up a good point, which is you define uh, uh, a release, and then you can kind of uh, think through in terms of releases as opposed to. Um, maybe fully formed like versions um, with with you know all the expected features in each release because I think um, what 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 is happening currently uh, in my organization I can say at least is you you start a quarter with a bunch of you know goals you can say a bunch of projects right. or epics and then you want to end the quarter by finishing all of them yeah right 
um, and so you take five different things um, and then you they're not all fully defined they may be understood that right. it's possible but you know the the details always come in and things always uh, make them they become more sophisticated and difficult as they go along right so then um, the goal is maybe less to define um, the goal should be then uh, more flexible that by the end of the quarter you may not uh, finish all of your epics in right. the way you expected them um, and so I think uh, then what happens is uh, the first part you're right so you need to we need to be able to communicate uh, you know this is agile things will change and so that communication needs to go mm. maybe uh, as soon as you figure things out so what do you think is the right cadence then um, what should be a formal way of communicating a change? Is that sprint by sprint? Um, how can you get your yeah. like leadership and 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 set a as communication, formalize a channel that way? Right. So so you're so you mentioned you're you're basically being held accountable for quarterly targets. Is that is that that's right? Correct. That's right. Yeah. Um, as opposed I, to release targets, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I mean I would I would my approach would be I would sit down with my leaders and say what what is the right um frequency for you so mm -hmm. that you, because you always have to think empathetically. Mm -hmm. Your your leaders are probably being held accountable for certain financial targets for certain That's right you know they have their own metrics that they're being held accountable for um some may need information on a weekly basis some some may not care some may not you know as long as they're being updated every month uh they're they're fine i mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't actually guess one of the first things i do when i start a project is i sit down with my you know, senior stakeholders, whether it be the business sponsor, whether it be the IT sponsor, uh, and I say, "What information do you need from me, and how frequently right. do you need it?" Right? Uh, and I and sometimes it's once a month. Right? I'm 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 currently working for a large organization right now, uh, a thirty billion dollar a year you know company. Mm -hmm. They do they do tons of projects, and and so to update them on a weekly basis is too much information because there's too many projects going on. Right. Uh, so so we do we do governance meetings every month, right? And it's it's a it, it's an update on the portfolio. Smaller organizations want weekly updates, right? Mm -hmm. So it really mm -hmm. depends on your organization, but I would ask that question and and I'd be prepared I'd be prepared to to do things either on a weekly basis or 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 less frequently. Right. Um, find that right cadence. Right. And 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 just stick to it. Right. Because, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, you know, for if it's a quarterly, if you're held, being held accountable for quarterly targets, they you might want to have them with, you know, on every sprint. Right. At, at the end of every within every retrospective, maybe, you know, maybe maybe you've got the right key folks. Uh, in that retrospective, where they're and and you're you're doing, it's kind of a mix, right? You're you're reading out the, you're doing a retrospective, but also this is where we landed on this retrospective. Right? Mm -hmm. We we either we hit our target for that sprint, or we we learned something new. Uh, and and we, 
we had to course correct. You know, that might be one approach. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think so. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so I think what we've, uh, we've tried out is we've tried maybe, uh, having, so a sprint for us is two weeks, right? It's kind of like the, the most common, uh, term period. So we, we do uh, end up communicating at the end of two weeks. Um, and I think, um, the, the way to, uh, and, and I think what I'm struggling then, and we've, we've tried a few things and I think mm. we're getting closer, um, which is if you have a project, um, it's going to be divided into a bunch of, at, at the most finer level, it's going to be divided up into tickets. Right. Right. But you don't have those tickets yet because you don't, you haven't pre-planned it. It's not waterfall. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you, can't necessarily communicate on a ticket by basis because you may only have seven tickets out and it, it's going to require another yeah. seven or it's going to require another eight. Um, and so are you like 30% done, 40% done? Um, you know, it's a little bit harder to know. Mm. So we've been communicating a little bit. And then the next challenge we came across was like, then how do you communicate in a predictable manner? Yeah. Because uh, otherwise you were just talking about that specific uh, you know, the database upgrade is done and then this, uh, but, but really for someone who's not involved in the project, the significance of that database upgrade or something else is not obviously visible. Whereas you can say like uh, we're 30%, you know, complete and, and, and all that stuff. Um, so I don't know how you feel about this, but we're, we're trying to toy around with this idea of, uh, even though it is a agile project, they are uh, with tickets that have not fully been formed because the tasks have not fully been understood. Yeah, there are certain, still certain things you can create, and so those are kind of these loose milestones um, in the middle. And you can say, you know, I'm going to release this new uh, machine learning based prediction on. Um, a user's engagement, something like that. Yeah, and you can say that I don't. It may take like a hundred different tasks, but I know it'll involve. I have to accomplish five different things. I need to collect current user data. I need to build my first model. I need to then publish that model to the application, and then finally, I need that application to take the predictive results every day and then you know publish that over to the user and then you know something something happens right so you can say these are like the four checkpoints and milestones that you can for example use um and uh we've been trying to experiment with this so instead of going and communicating hey you know it's a four-part thing and i think you know let's for, for this case they're all broken up into 25 percent in terms of progress and so we are still this far away, which means we're like at 20% of where we need to be. And, you know, or we're now we're hitting 50 and 60 and now we're close to 80%, but we still have this last piece yeah. not figured out. Uh, thoughts, thoughts on this. All right. So, so, all right. So what I'm hearing is you're, you're basically, your stakeholders are expecting some, some metrics, some measure of proge- progress towards your quarterly goal, right? Mm-hmm. So they, mm-hmm. so they want to hear, they want to hear or at least understand um, if I'm hitting this release, here are the five or six 
you know, um, features that lead me up to that release, and how am I doing against those those items? Is that mm-hmm, is that a mm-hmm. fair statement? I think so. I yeah. think um, uh, I think after a little bit of back and forth, I think that's the conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, I've come to as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I and I think that's fair. Right. So mm-hmm. um, there, there's a misconception. So I, I grew up in the waterfall, you know, world um, mm-hmm. and, and I've to, to be honest, um, I I started in agile, maybe especially because my background is financial services primarily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started to become more popular. Uh, I, I want to say around 2014, I really started to get more exposed to it. And, and candidly, only within the past couple of years do I feel personally like I'm starting to do it right. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this misconception that agile just means that, you know, you're making decisions uh, every two weeks and, and you, you can really only plan ahead two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and and candidly, I think good agile is you you should always be planning ahead as far as you can with the information mm-hmm. that you have at hand. Um, does it mean you you've got to stick to it all? Right, you're you're course correcting, you're reassessing every sprint. But um, I really think that there is a point in time in your project where you should be looking. You should be defining those milestones, those those features, those tasks, as 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 far ahead as you can based on the information you have in hand. Um, and so, yeah, to your point, it, it is very reasonable to to say I've got I've got an MVP or a release, you know, three sprints from now that's due. Based on the information I know, uh, I'm going to take all of these uh, tasks or features that lead up to that MVP. I'm going to align them to my sprints. And those are the milestones that I'm going to track to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm going to give status against these, the, these features. Doesn't mean it's not going to change mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of every sprint. You're going to reassess yeah. that something yeah. new come up. Right. right, you maintain scope entirely and take that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that and that is fair, and that is healthy, and that is part of the process, and and that is an expectation that you set up early on, before, you know, uh, when you're forming the team and you're you're getting your governance uh, set up and your your stakeholders aligned. Uh, but that is that is the beauty of agile. But it all it all needs to be. Very transparent, very visible. If something is changing, you're you're letting the world know. It's not it's not kept uh, a secret. Uh, everybody knows, so that by the time you get to that MVP, you really know what you're getting. Your your stakeholders know what they're getting. They they know what changes have taken place. Um, but I I, I think that I think that's all very reasonable. Yeah, I, I right, and I, I think that's you're, you're absolutely right on that. And the more I think about it, um, I think I'm I'm starting to formulate um, uh, a flow around this. So yeah. uh, currently, we take uh, uh, our epics or whatever projects we want to accomplish um, in a quarter. We sit down, we define them enough that the key people can sit together and create some sort of an estimate or level of effort or yeah. whatever you want to call it, right around it. 
Um, and I think then we try to march against this blueprint, uh, loose blueprint uh, uh, on the quarter. What I think the gap that has been missing is from that really wide understanding, really a higher level understanding, you cannot just go directly to tickets. Mm. You then need to create these milestones, yeah. which are more semantically easy to understand, yes. right? They may not have technical details, but they communicate progress of the project. They communicate you know, to everyone in, in an easy manner. All the stakeholders can get behind. Um, and what I think we would should do, and I'm definitely going to experiment with this, is after we've understood our quarter and gotten our first initial estimates um, and any questions that came with it, to get the technical team involved as well, um, and they're obviously involved in the estimates, but sit down and then agree on milestones. Yeah. And it shouldn't just necessarily be coming from a product manager or a project manager or anyone else. I think in, in, in the same way that these estimates and the projects are discussed in the kickoff, uh, they should then also result in some common understanding that these seem to be the reasonable five steps, five like milestones that need to be done to accomplish this project. Um, and then obviously then you create tickets and track against those and then everyone understands, you know, the direction you're headed. Yeah. Um, um, and I think, uh, you're kind of, uh, you're right. So having, having those milestones done, that would make for a good thread of conversation that can continue throughout from the beginning to the end of the quarter. And as things change, you know, you can, you can talk about milestone one and, the details and how you may fly through milestone two and see some other unexpected thin things at milestone three. Um, and, and everyone can track without going into the, the, the tickets, uh, and everyone can track without having com created all the tickets for milestone four. So you, you know, yeah. you, you have the general idea. It, awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I tell you, as you said that, um, I would say recently within this year, I was I was PMing a, a Salesforce project mm -hmm. um, for one of our clients, and we 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 took that exact approach where the very the very first maybe couple of weeks we spent just figuring out what processes right we we anchored our release by very specific processes that we were going to implement in Salesforce, and each mm -hmm. each of those processes was. Uh, a, a milestone in essence it was it was a significant mm -hmm. piece of value that the client what was concerned about was interested in and before we knew everything about that process right we we, we knew we knew what the process was we had right. a general t-shirt size uh based on experience you know we had some very experienced salesforce practitioners on this on this project they knew okay you know what this is you know this is a uh a, a week's worth of effort in general versus two weeks versus three weeks right so a small medium large mm -hmm. we, we had an inventory of the key processes we wanted to implement and and a first cut of where in our plan our project plan what sprint we wanted to align them to Right. So again, we, we took a snapshot those first two weeks of those. This is our we know when our MVP is due. We know what processes we need to implement. We don't know all the details. We don't have all the technical tasks associated 
with them. But on on day on day ten, we'll have our scope understood and a first impression of when when we're going to do each process and and in what sprint. And then and then as we went through each sprint, we were doing essentially fact finding for each process, right? And mm-hmm. and so we we spent that first sprint on on basically getting detailed requirements for for those first first few so that was basically our sprint 0. Those first few right. processes, getting the details around them, right? And right. then that information fed the next sprint, right? So that's when our build started, right? Right. And so in, in any subsequent sprint, we were doing two things simultaneously. We were getting detailed requirements and design for the next sprint, and mm-hmm. we were building on what we learned from the previous sprint. Mm-hmm. And, and so... In, in each in each sprint we're both learning and we're building but at the end of our sprint we we would have a meeting where we looked we looked at you know the work that we did okay did anything change did we learn anything that changed our previous assumptions from when we started mm-hmm. yes okay we need to course correct we need to escalate we need to let our client know that that the scope is changing. No, okay, great. Then we then we keep continuing. So so it, it it's that constant process of of learning, but also doing as you learn, and just making sure that your client your client knows right what's going on. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah I, uh, well said, and I think this 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 makes sense that. To take something big like a project to uh, its finer state tickets, um, you still need um, an intermediary milestone, yeah. right? And that's a good conversation. It's a good like, it, it's a good artifact to have because, like you said, you can create four milestones for the project between start and, and expected end date, tie dates to each one of those milestones. So you have some sort of uh, idea because you you, you want to track some midpoints in between, right? Um, and then you can maybe start going and figuring out if each milestone is a green light, right? Exactly. Um, and while you're working on one, you're trying to make sure everything else is green. And if something isn't green, um, you start focusing on it because it will be coming up um, and you need to be ready for it. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, and nothing, nothing. St- I I love putting placeholders in Jira, right? But put them in there based <laughs> on what you know, right? Like here, here's this one feature set. I know I'm gonna have to do. I know mm-hmm. it's a either a small, medium, or large, right? Just th- throw it in there, and then you know that that serves as your guardrails. And then as as you're going through the sprints, you're learning more and you're filling it out, right? Don't don't wait until you have all the information. Right, but document what you know. Throw it in there. That's the milestone. That's that's what we're we're aiming to hit. This is what we know as of now. We'll but mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna learn as we go, and and we'll let you we'll let you know if we if our if our assumptions are challenged or anything changes. I mean, it's really the best you can do. That's that's right. Yeah. No. Makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And and having them in Jira, that's interesting too, um, because. 
I think having them within that epic, representing those milestones in there as we would add tickets, now that I'm thinking about it, I would just order it between those milestones. So I, I, I know kind of a little bit more where these tickets are going and what they're helping ap- accomplish. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was good. All right. That was kind of was nice helpful? and helpful. Uh, yeah, it was very helpful. Look at that. We started out um, with not necessarily having an understanding of how to connect unknown work to some time periods. Um, and I think I think the idea of sticking to milestones, a little more semantic, not as technical, um, I think that's really good. Um, I'm definitely going to try that, uh, and I'm going to see how that translates in terms of communicating to all the stakeholders and kind of bringing some predictability to an unknown or like chaotic process. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, you know, stakeholder management, stakeholder communication is always it's always a conversation. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 candidly, I always take I take an agile approach to that, right? Where it's, you know, it, it's really about that interpersonal uh, um, uh, relationship, right? Sit down with the person, understand what they need to know, right? And and tailor tailor a solution for for that for that individual or that that group, and you can always course correct as needed. If if this approach doesn't work out. You know, set up, right. Right, set up some time with them, right? Maybe it's part of your retrospective and say, this is how we're tracking. This is the, the, the kind of information we're giving you. Does this satisfy your needs for your leadership? Right? Mm-hmm. There's always so many, so many, so many levels of leadership. Are you getting what you need from these status meetings, from this reporting? No? Okay, let's, let's course correct. That, that, that in and of itself, giving, giving, your stakeholders a, a voice in, in terms of how you're managing the project, like that goes a long way, right? In, in, in terms of uh, uh, positive feelings and making sure that, you know, that they're comfortable with how, how things are going and, and uh, uh, the information they're getting. So, yeah, yeah, um, no, absolutely. And, and I yeah. think more than that too, is you are, um, you are the communication channel for the team and, I think their credibility often is also connected to how well it is being communicated, right? And all that hard work that is being done, if communicated timely and accurately and properly adds to the team's credibility. And if that communication itself is lacking, then even a credible team can look bad. Totally. Totally. Awesome. This was good. All Thank right. You. This Thank is you, helpful. Sir. We went through a whole cycle and we found some answers. This is <laughs> this is fun. Great. All right, sir. Thank you very much. And right. I'm Thanks going to I'm going to stop yeah. recording as of now. <laughs>